This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you, as the parent, can follow their ride on a live tracking map. Yeah, when your teen requests a trip, they're matched with highly rated, experienced drivers and you receive real-time notifications. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today, they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. It makes them feel safe, and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. And today, you can get 40% off. That's up to $15 off three Uber teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you, as always, so much for tuning in. Let's hear it for our super producer, Max the Governor Williams. The Governator. Yeah. Sinister. A sinister nickname. I got a, I got a friend. His name's uh, Davis. He's like a real like, pretty Southern guy, and uh, he's really like, he's like a kind of a stickler, and so we've mm-hmm. taken to calling him the Governor I love it. I, th- I thought you were going to say, yeah, he's a real psychopath. Uh, oh, he is, we, that, he is that too. Okay, fair enough. I like yeah. the, uh, I, I love British slang, especially the kind of affectionate stuff. Mm. When uh, when people say governor, I think love, that's so cool. It. And also when people say, um, the first time I was in England, went through customs. And I, I'll be honest with you guys, this dude at customs absolutely charmed me because he called me squire. <laughs> oh, I love Squire. Right? That's a very cockney thing, almost like governor. There's a, an episode of our character on the Mighty Boosh, played by Noel Fielding, who's got like a freaking like mint for an eye, or it's like a like a life like a lifesaver mint, and he's always calling people Squire and eating jelly deals, you know, and like he's I'll stab you in the eye with a screwdriver, Squire, you know, stuff like that. Um, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> 
Uh, I was actually working on research for a future episode that I'll leave untitled for now. But uh, I, I went across this guy named Samuel L. Governor. He was the nephew of James Monroe, who was what, the uh, fifth president of American history. And sure. so he had this position of private secretary to uh, the president. He also uh, married James Monroe's daughter, who, if you remember, this is James Monroe's uh, nephew. So, yeah, married his first cousin. Oh, well, then I think that, that spoiler alert for the topic that you're researching. <laughs> right, right. Everybody act surprised. Uh, and act surprised that I'm Ben and uh, you're Noel Brown. Yeah, we're talking about uh, what's interesting about Monroe is there is a shade of nepotism there, uh, something that people might call a bit uh, corrupt. At we taught, you know, I think we do a good job on all our shows of being even handed in these divided political times. But most people can agree elections can go sideways pretty easily, right? Oh, absolutely, especially like in the olden times. I mean, I mean, hell, who, who am I kidding? <laughs> in the modern times, it's just as uh, just as rife, you know, with problems. Uh, but in the olden days, before you, at the very least, had like the news, you know, and like some form of oversight to these elections that wasn't just like a person standing there with a with a with a clipboard. Lots of opportunities to get up to all kinds of shenaniganry. Uh, we recently did an episode on stuff they don't want you to know about Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, one of the theories surrounding his untimely death was that he was swept up in a practice called cooping. <laughs> Tell us about cooping, Ben. It is wild. Yeah, cooping. Okay, so cooping is the answer to every local corrupt political official or campaign member who says, I need all these votes and I don't have enough people. So what I should do is get people really drunk to the point of alcohol poisoning and, and, and kidnap them, force them into these rooms and then make them change costumes and vote repeatedly. And yeah, then put on them, this wig. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it was literally a wig folks. And then throw them into the gutter when they are physically incapable of walking to the pole the next time. Yeah, that happened, y'all. And in fact, I'm almost positive we did do an episode about that uh, in on Ridiculous History, or at least one where that came up. But just as a little primer in terms of the depths of corruption uh, that uh, early politics in America and, and hell, most other countries sank. Now, America's pretty unique in its awfulness, I would say. In this regard? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's like an apple oranges thing, maybe, but they're still both produce. Uh, countries find ways to be corrupt. And today's story is about one of the most corrupt of all the corrupt elections in U.S. history up wow. to the present, which is saying a lot. That's saying a whole lot. And just to add, like when I say, you know, America's uniquely awful, I guess my 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 caveat is that we purport to have this thing called democracy. At least other countries, they're open about, no, nah, we're not a democracy. You do what I say. We're dictatorships. And if you don't, you know, do what I say, then you're you're donezo. In this country, we'd like to kind of dance around it and play a little pretend and that these things are fair and equitable. Um, and as the election of 1904 uh in Colorado will show um, it's it's probably worse than you think. Mm -hmm. This is also our Colorado episode. We're doing it. Hey, we're doing it. Uh, we are. Sufjan would be proud. I know. I hope so. Uh, I hope he writes us back. Uh, so Colorado had a gubernatorial election in 1904 and the whole state went into an uproar 
on this. I actually, I think maybe we get right into the details without spoiling it too much because this is sort of a, and then guess what? And then guess what kind of story? What do you think? Oh, yeah. First of all, can I just say that the word gubernatorial just makes me giggle every time because it just, it leads so hard on the goober, yes. you know? It really feels like an insult. <laughs> the goobiner. <laughs> so why don't we start at the beginning, as R.E.M. would say, begin the begin. Um, this story re requires us to take a look at that incumbent governor, Republican James H. Peabody, already a bit of a controversial figure. Uh, he was not a friend of the working class, let us say. Uh, the time when he was in office was just plagued with clashes with, um, you know, working folks, literally like blue collar working folks, white miners, uh, for example, specifically strikes, strike breaking on his part, just literally sending in the thugs with the billy clubs and the, the, the truncheons to just beat these folks into working again, because that's how you get through to people when you're treating them poorly in the first place. Just beat them up some more. Mm -hmm. Until morale improves. Uh, right. it, it's weird because past governors before our pal Peabody had tried to side with the working class. They knew uh, there was a huge voting block there, even if you don't want to call them a, like paragons of ethics. Peabody instead said, no, we're going to show them what's what. We are sending in the state militia. Uh, we're cracking down. He was the guy who started something called the Colorado Labor Wars. And he, uh, <laughs> one officer in the state militia famously said, they want habeas corpus. We'll give them post-mortems. Uh, yeah. yeah. Habeas corpus meaning, obviously, what is it? Present the body. Like you right. have the body. Yeah. You have the body. So this is like a very uh, grim play on words. Basically saying, oh, you want bodies? We'll stack them up for you of your own people. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And this, as you might imagine, struck some folks in Colorado as a negative <laughs> in terms of governorship. So this gubernatorial, it is a hilarious word, this gubernatorial election is coming up. Peabody's got an opponent on the other side of the political aisle, a Democrat named Alva Adams. You don't really hear the word, the name Alva too often now. I don't think I've ever met an Alva. Classic old lady name. Um, no offense to any old ladies out there. Alma is definitely a, a variation of it. Alva. Maybe I haven't seen that before either, but that's what it, it makes me think of a sweet little old knitting grandma. Um, but in this case, we're talking about an opponent in the governor's race, uh, Democrat Alva Adams, as you said, Ben. Ed, we want to give a big shout out to Devin Flores over at HistoryColorado.org, who's giving us a lot of these early blow-by-blows and setups. Yeah, uh, Alva, it's interesting. Alva served as the fifth and 10th governor of Colorado. Uh, Potentially the 14th, the, ho the hopeful for the 14th, right? <laughs> That's the hope, yeah. And so these guys are, neither of them are considered squeaky clean. Adams has some dark marks on his reputation. I mean, it's very difficult to be a governor of any state and not have a few controversies. And so these guys just go nuts calling each other corrupt. It gets like into the realm of ugly politics so quickly. Totally. It's like mudslinging, uh, and there's plenty of mud to go around. You know what I mean? And a lot of this stuff is probably, you know, it's the where there's smoke, there's fire kind of situation. You know? I mean, there's definitely 
truth in these accusations, you know, that are being levied against both parties here. It's up to you, the voting public, to decide which one is worse than the other. Uh, I would argue it's Peabody. But we'll let history be the judge of that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. So, a spoiler alert. The race is very, very close. That's familiar to a lot of people in the U.S. and many other parts of the world. There are all sorts of uh, reports of voter fraud, stuffed ballot boxes, all the hits, all the good ones. Once everything calms down, Adams has officially won the governorship by a very, very narrow margin. And the Democrats additionally win the state Senate. But this is just the beginning because, like many other contested elections, the Republican Party initiated legal action. Before we go on, can I just say, um, you, you mentioning stuffed ballot boxes prompted me to Google old-timey historic ballot box. And, like, these things are about the least uh, impervious things you could possibly imagine. <laughs> mm-hmm. The one I'm looking at right here, it says National Ballot Box, and, and it, it just has a really, like, cheap-looking key hanging from the thing, you know? It's like you could have pried this thing open with your fingernails, not to mention, like, just the stuffing, which the practice really does just refer to voting more than once, right? Mm -hmm. That's essentially what's up there. Or manufacturing votes and just putting them all in at once. Yeah. Kanye. We we made up our names for this, uh, (laughs) for the show we're recording today. Let's see, we got Nels Bourne, which is a Mm -hmm. cool name, Sir M. James Williams Esquire, and of course, Max Powers Astronaut. Oh, yeah, with or without a secret, depending on the day. Um, You know, and and it's funny because in the modern day, we have cases uh, or at least accused alleged cases of voter fraud involving dead people voting, you know, or like there's just it's interesting to see the parallels between like this old school kind of shenaniganry around the elections and then what we see today and realize that uh, despite technology and, you know, forward movement of history and all, Things aren't that much different <laughs> in terms of like what can be, you know, perpetrated. I mean, of course, it's a little harder to rig an election. You're not dealing with paper. But even like that only ended kind of after the hanging chat incidents. You know what I mean? I mean, this is like it's. I'm going to say like, you know, when I voted recently, what you do is you print up. You the print bat- it out. Mm-hmm. You put it in the printer. They watch you put it in the printer. Yes. That's like how Scanner. Yeah, Yeah, they print it out. So you're right. There is some historical need for it to still be paper. It's just, you know, how long it takes to affect any real change in government. But I do find that well, I guess it makes sense, Ben. Like, you know, if it were all online, it would be too too susceptible to hackers and bad actors. And it could literally someone could rig an election with a cyber attack. I, I get that. Maybe that's what it comes down to. But. Yeah, I think it's part of it. Part of it, too, is public faith in the institution. So having something tangible feels more dependable to people. It's kind of like the argument. Now, there's a very hot take in the world of commercial aviation, but it's kind of like the argument that uh, for most of a flight, the human pilot is there to make the passengers feel like someone competent is in charge. And to talk really quietly and weirdly on the PA system. Uh, and maybe Girk a little. Why do they all talk like that? Oh. Are they trained to talk like They're that? They're doing it on purpose school? at this point. It's, it's I know it's pilots. Bizarre. It's bizarre. I'm like, I, you don't yeah. talk like this on the ground, bro. Give it up. <laughs> 
Oh, we uh, are <laughs> heading in. I'll two. have uh, two orders of tater tots, please. And it's, a, it's always, I, I like it when things are going weird and sideways and the pilot still has that voice and they're, they're, because they want to be calm, right? They want to be a trusted authority, just like, just like a paper ballot. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, you may <laughs> notice the Grand Canyon rapidly approaching us on the, left side of the plane we're gonna pause beverage service uh put your head between your knees and uh pray to the gods of your choice thank you for flying delta put the mask on your child first as you marvel at this great american you know feature uh, no no this... you always put the mask on yourself first oh my bad child. See? I, see this is how much i've tuned out you have to help yourself you can't help anyone else before you help yourself no that's what therapy talks about. No, you're right. That's mm-hmm. what the politicians here must have been saying in the back, like in their back rooms. We've got to help. We all, we know that we as the uh, Republican candidate or we as the Democratic candidate, we want what's best for the people of Colorado. Only we know that, though. Only we could possibly know what that thing is. And hey, looks like it's also the thing that benefits us the most. Coincidence? I don't know. The ends justify the means. And if you have to get a little dirty to uh, create the political sausage, then you can always wash (laughs) your hands of it later. Mm, Political sausage. Uh, Here's another word that (laughs) I I enjoyed for this. This was for an unrelated episode, but I think it's a word that's really cool in English. Have you heard the phrase cacistocracy? No, sir, I have not. Please enlighten me. It's a uh, the etymology. Is it poop poop related? It's kind of caca. Okay, Uh, okay. A government by the least suitable or competent citizens. Oh, in charge. Okay, yeah. So person got it. Makes sense. That's amazing. Um, Well, you know, that's typically what we get served most of the time in government. Look, we're not here to rag on democracy. It's like the worst form of government next to all the other ones. Yeah. Right or no, the best. Best for I forget how the you, expression you nailed goes. it. It's you nailed the, it the worst I think I got form it. of government, yeah, except for all the other ones. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury, with a reveal unlike any other, as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber Teen. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. This is important stuff. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you can follow their entire ride on that live tracking map. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. I watch every step of the way uh, from the moment the car is called to when they get in and then I can track their progress to and from their destination. 
It makes them feel safe, and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. And here's how it works. When your team requests a trip, they are matched with highly rated, experienced drivers, and you receive those real-time notifications, as well as enhanced safety features. That's right. Pin verification, in fact, to ensure that your teen enters the right vehicle. Live trip tracking for parents, plus you, the parent, can contact the driver directly from the app. And don't delay. Today, you can get 40% off. That's up to $15 off three Uber teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. Sometimes to get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. We're nothing if not trailblazers here at Ridiculous History. And you know also is a huge uh, iconoclastic challenger of the status quo, Ben? Who is that, Noel? I think you know. It's Hmm. Harry's. Yes, it's Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by all kinds of like slipshod, questionable products in the shaving industry. And they said, hey, you got to be the change. I was excited to try out the Winston set. It's an all-in-one package. You get some shaving cream. You get that great razor we're talking about. They also have deodorant. Yeah, I was about to say. Very helpful. I do really enjoy uh, their line of self-care products. Um, Richly lathering, skin-softening body washes and scents like redwood, wild lens, and stone. You want to know what a stone smells like? I've often wondered. Well, you know, you can. <laughs> so don't settle for the status quo, folks. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash history. Once again, that's harrys.com slash history for a $3 trial set. And, you know, I got to say, I love a good cliffhanger. Uh, It's good for the soul. Um, So I believe we left off with an impending legal battle after a very narrow margin of victory. People love doing that, too. It's like, oh, you you beat me, but you you didn't really beat me. I hear all this talk of ballot box stuffing and crouping and all this shenanigans. I'm going to use that word the whole episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What gives? They said we can't let our political rivals shenan because then they will simply shenan again. I love it, Ben. Oh, I love it. Oh, You're the that's best. Too kind. But the uh, so how are we going to stop them? How are we going to stop them, Ben? Well, first, Noel, they stop the government. They just the, the government stops because people shut it down. Yeah, people <laughs> are saying, "Well, we don't know who really won," and they go to court because Peabody's campaign contests the results, and they said, "We need a real investigation before this villainous." Alva Adams gets sworn into office and they said, all right, we're going to strike a deal. They went in the smoky back room and they said, look, Peabody, we don't like each other, but we respect each other. How about you get to appoint members of the state Supreme Court if you say we won? And he goes, no, I refuse. And, And even after Adams takes his oath and officially becomes the governor of Colorado, Peabody's sticking to his guns. They have this investigation. It turns into pandemonium almost instantly. Totally. It was uh, riots in the street. People were outraged. Uh, This probe was conducted by uh, the state legislature. And there is uh, plenty of corruption to uncover. And boy, uncover it, they did. To the point of basically uh, everybody sucks. Um, And people were uh, unceremoniously ejected from their seats in government, meaning that the political balance of political power 
was was awry. It was it, like a serious shuffling was going on. So it that created its own flavor of chaos, right? A hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's a real life version of that three Spider Men pointing at each other meme. Not everybody, but a lot of people who were supposed to be in uh, investigating corruption turned out to be corrupt themselves. In Denver, the Democratic Party had stuffed ballot boxes, and they also controlled the police. And the, through the police, they promised criminals that they would get out of jail, they would be acquitted if they committed voter fraud using disguises to vote multiple times or just you know, acted like a circuit judge and went from ballot box to ballot box. Max is burning to tell us submissive. I I, I got a question. You say they control the, the police. Are they like Mr. Nimbus? They control the police? He controls the police. Yes. Yeah, they're, they're a cold dick killer. <laughs> Sorry, we were talking a lot of Rick and Morty before um, we started recording this, so that's where we're at right now. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, you you remember reference. this one? It's the time travel one, uh, where it's basically Namor the Submariner, and he's like, he's <laughs> Rick's <laughs> rival. It's uh, the first episode of season five. Oh, oh, of course, of course. S5, E1, yes, yes. I know it well. Uh, but no, yeah, they controlled the, the police, uh, which, again, not surprising, Sadly. you know? Uh, it still feels very much a thing today in terms of, like, where budgets go, you know? It usually goes to, like, the police. We're in the, not to get political, we're in the midst of this whole, like, cop city thing here in Atlanta, uh, which is very fishy. An insane amount of money being allocated to this, you know, police training facility, which happens to be in the middle of, like, a, a gorgeous park, basically, you know, a wooded area. Um, they took hours and hours of public comment, which was almost like 100% negative, and then voted the thing through. Um, so I don't know. Are they really, who, who, who are they uh, looking out for? You know, the, the, the people who have a problem with this in their community or the police? Um, I would argue things have not changed that much. I would agree with that assessment, especially because a hospital closed down right before and it would have been cheaper to keep the hospital going. Mm -hmm. But priorities we see, you know, uh, how do you define a benefit? It really depends on your position in the social hierarchy. But um, yeah, we have, I, I think a lot of people here on the ground in Atlanta do consider those proceedings immensely corrupt. And and, you know, this was the same in Colorado. One person in Colorado in this election voted 169 times. Jesus. Sexy number, though. It is a great lie. number. Yeah. yeah. That's why they uh, stopped there, I bet. Exactly. They put the last yeah, one in yeah. and they went, nice. Done. Boom. <laughs> I'm all used up. They, they, <laughs> they, they, they noticed at 71 that they messed up. They're like, oh, crap. I'm, I, I should have stopped too earlier. And so they had, <laughs> they had to go all the way up to the next one. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh it, 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 as far as another hilarious stat is concerned, uh, I think like over 700 ballots were cast uh, for Democrats in a uh, area that only had 100 legally registered voters. Yeah, that's a that's a Russian voting right there, isn't mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. uh, so, so of course, it sounds like we're cracking on the the Democratic uh, Party of this time, and we are. But Which don't was, worry, it's way different than the one we know. I mean, again, it's fingers on uh, hand, basically, mm -hmm. like, like you say, Ben. I mean, which side wins? 
not as relevant as one might think, especially in these days. But Democrats and Republicans represented much different things ideologically back then than they do today. That's a good note. Yeah, that's a really important part of the of the argument that a lot of people miss. And, and of course, just like any good insult comics, we're going to make sure the Republicans get theirs as well. Republicans were coercing voters everywhere. The big railroad and mining interest told their workers who had already, you know, survived, hopefully, a lot of those crackdowns you mentioned at the top. They said, look, you have to vote Republican or you're fired. For anyone playing along at home, that is insanely illegal. Oh, yeah. It's just the most abject form of coercion. You know, let me mess with your money, you know, your your livelihood that you used to protect and, and, and provide for your family. This is a mining state, Colorado, lousy with the things, you know? And the mining and railroad interests were really wanting Peabody to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is interesting because uh, the, didn't he already have a bad reputation for messing with miners at this yeah. point? Yeah, so the owners of the mines loved oh. it. They said, keep the peasants the owners. See, when we're talking about the miners, I'm thinking the miners, but we're not talking about the workers. We're talking about the fat cats sitting up there counting the, the, the dough. Yeah, yeah, counting the, the coal and the bauxite and what have you. We have one example where an owner of a, of a victory fuel company said, if the Democrats should win, we may have to close the mine down. Let's make them sound more evil. And if the Republicans should win and find out that one of the working men voted for the Democratic ticket, they would fire him. <laughs> yes, he's the laugh. Yes, perfect. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. That was a very good Sith voice. Yeah, that's that's the level of evil we're talking about here. This stuff is gross, man. Oh, my God. These are bad people. <laughs> and the folks working at the mines, you know, they are skilled labor, and they probably don't have another job they can just go to. This is this is way before the era of working remotely. This is a specific skill set. I mean, like, you know what I mean? You've And you've worked in these mines. These are generational jobs, too. Like, families. They, like, they pass on these skills to their offspring. And it's like you'll have, like, third, fourth generation mining families. I mean, this is a old industry, even at this point. Yeah, 100%. And, and of course, as anybody who has mining in your family's past knows, it comes with a lot of very dangerous health conditions. It's not a yep. fun job at all. And these guys, these mine workers are furious uh, that they're being pushed around. And so when the investigation into corruption starts, the miners are front and center and they say, look, here's what's going down. They're trying to force us to vote. They're physically abusing us. They're telling us to commit voter fraud, to stuff ballots, and you should take a closer look. So these investigators, many of whom will later be found uh, corrupt themselves, turn their eye toward a lot of mining towns in southern Colorado. And then... No, as as you know, as you know, Max, oh, yeah. the guy named Juan Montez is the election clerk of a place called Corfano County, and one day he jumps out of a moving train. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber Teen. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. This is important stuff. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you can follow their entire ride on that live tracking map. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. I watch every step of the way uh, from the moment the car is called to when they get in and then I can track their progress to and from their destination. It makes them feel safe and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. And here's how it works. When your team requests a trip, they are matched with highly rated experienced drivers and you receive those real-time notifications as well as enhanced safety features. That's right. Pin verification, in fact, to ensure that your team enters the right vehicle. Live trip tracking for parents. Plus, you, the parent, can contact the driver directly from the app. And don't delay. Today, you can get 40% off that's up to $15 off three Uber Teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's this. There's always a catch. So when we heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are just $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, what's the catch? So we dug in, and after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't a catch. Can you believe that? Mint Mobile's got a secret sauce, babies, and it is that they sell wireless service online, and by doing so, cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet, sweet, delicious savings directly onto you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Like you do. He probably forgot that he left the toaster on or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, maybe on the toaster. Those things are on a timer. The oven. He had to go. He had to he, No, that's weird, right? That's that's weird. It's weird to yeah, usually you wait for the train to stop. I'm not, you know, I'm not an engineer, but that's no, no, always no, been no, my no, impression. No, 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 I'm just implying there may have been foul play afoot. That's oh, all. It's entirely yeah. likely that uh he did not do this on purpose. It feels like that Indiana Jones heist in the beginning of, what was it, Last Crusade, where it starts with young Indiana Jones. He's on the run because he has been ordered by uh, the court 
to bring back a ballot box that was used in the election, and a sheriff's deputy rode along as an escort. They were from going from Denver to Walsenburg, and the deputy was there because people didn't trust this election clerk. Oh, man. See, here I was the whole time thinking this guy had been, like, targeted because he was, like, the good boy who was who was, who was getting to the heart of all the, 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 the shenaniganry. But, in fact, he himself was 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 a party to said shenaniganry. And he basically jumped out of the moving train because he was a big old coward and, and knew that the jig was up. Or yeah, maybe his family was threatened. We we really don't know, but it is hilarious to think he had already been asked to produce this ballot box and he didn't. And the legislature put law enforcement on him to make sure he actually brought it back this time. But he knew he had a hot box. He knew it was corrupt. So so apparently, not too long, hot box. Yeah, not too long after the train leaves the station, our boy Montez jumps off the train and tries to run away. He is captured. He is charged with election fraud. He gets a lot of headlines because he went to the mat, right, for whomever his patrons were. Yeah, and, and and one would think, okay, they've got their fall guy, literally. <laughs> right. right. Uh, he, he knows how to take a fall, uh, literally and figuratively. Uh, but but he was not the last person charged. I mean, of course, we always know that the people who truly are at the heart of perpetrating these kinds of conspiracies usually get away scot free. But it doesn't mean you can't you don't make a show of like justice. You know, justice must be done and get you a handful of names and faces to plaster up and see we did we did it. We found the bad guys. Now move on and things basically stay the same. But sorry if I'm being a little nihilistic about I don't it. this think stuff. So. Just, yeah, I don't know. You know, I'm a pra- I practice optimistic nihilism, right? Nothing like matters it. and things it's are going to be okay. But uh, <laughs> but I I 100% agree with you because people like a face, right? That's why celebrity news is so much more popular than policy news. So if you have, to your point, Noel, if you have that face people can look at, then they can feel like that person's punishment means the problem is solved. As you pointed out, it couldn't be further from the truth. The box from Hufano County, the ballot box, box? the hot box that they eventually Mm -hmm. get, it turns out this thing is completely empty, like that vault Geraldo Rivera made such a big deal about getting yeah. into. Had like a Snickers wrapper in there, just <laughs> blowing in the wind. And the box had, tumbleweed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the box hadn't even been used during the election. As a result, all the ballots cast in that precinct didn't count. It's funny, I was sort of ragging on the, you know, uh, very unintimidating construction of these boxes, but they are all like, you know, catalog. They've each got like a number associated with them. This is government property. You know, these things are meant to be distributed and kept track of in a way, you know, with it's supposed to have some level of precision. So uh, this, you know, they were going to get to the bottom of like where that, what, what happened with said box, you know what I mean? They were trying what hopes you know and a lot of other ballots get thrown out during this corruption investigation and a lot of them shouldn't have been thrown out it gets really weird also i want to point out i really appreciate they use the phrase hanging chad because it's a terrible thing in an election but like gubernatorial it's just a it's a hilarious image to me 
And the, the just to make me make sure I'm remembering this right. The hanging chad was literally like back in the day where you kind of ballots were almost like a scantron card, but you'd, you'd use a little pin mm-hmm. to poke out these perforated little guys, and they were arguing that in some precinct or whatever, the construction of the cards was such that the the the, the piece of paper wouldn't pop all the way out, and if it was hanging, then it it shouldn't be counted as a full vote. But that's sort of like kind of bullshit. Right, the intent of the voter is clear. If they punched the thing, just d- didn't break off. But I don't know, hundred percent. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. You nailed it. Uh, and I remember when that became a huge controversy uh, several years back. The only thing that could make me laugh was picturing some guy named Chad who just hung out at polling places (laughs) in Florida and distracted people. Like, oh, hey, what's up, man? Yeah, you you want a smoothie? You want to hit this? You want to hit this, bro? Hey, Hey, check out this mad Ollie. (laughs) I got an alligator in my truck. (laughs) So, so yeah, hanging Chad was not that cool. It is, it is the thing you described, Noel. And a lot of these ballots get thrown out, and something that happens, you know, later, closer to modern day as well. And the investigation started to become even more corrupt itself. More and more residents of Colorado from all political stripes were saying to each other, they were saying, look, man, I might be a Democrat, you might be a Republican, but we can agree the government of Colorado sucks. Sucks real bad. Yeah. I mean, again, not like there were that many like shining paragons of governmental excellence at this point in our in our country's uh, fair history. But no, Colorado is pretty uh, awful. Like, I mean, this was a, a level of corruption pretty close to like the whole Tammany Hall, you know, vibes like in, in Chicago, you know, associated with like bootlegging and gangsters and all of that stuff. I mean, maybe maybe not that level of connection with like uh, organized crime, but certainly the type of cronyism and just, you know, two-faced dealings, double dealings, the, uh, just more than one could possibly imagine. But we can help you imagine it. We're going to tell you more <laughs> in a minute. Yeah, it gets worse. Uh, so we said the the state government became pretty ineffective. Ground to a halt, I think, is the phrase we used. That's because this investigation amounted to 200,000 pages of evidence, over 2,000 witnesses. And the guy, again, the Democratic now governor, Adams, is in office, but he can't do anything because anytime he does something, he gets attacked for uh, uh, allegedly fixing the election. And Usurper! Exact, yes, that's the word they use. And the uh, the legislature, instead of you know handling affairs of the state, they spend weeks and weeks and weeks just saying, no, you. Uh-uh, you, though. Yeah, more of that Spider-Man meme you were uh-huh. talking about earlier. And usurper, I'm sorry, I had to say it in that goofy voice because it's just Game of Thrones as hell. That That is the term that gets thrown around when someone, like, basically takes the throne or, like, you know, uh, scoops someone else's birthright, you know, usually involving a murder most foul. We should start, I, I agree, we should bring usurper back uh, and just start using it to incredibly escalate normal situations. Like yeah, if, if, pair it with a hard point. Yeah. Like you were doing, you know, you suffer. Yeah, yeah. So we're hanging out at, at our local, uh, or whatever our local cheers is, and then someone takes your seat, then let's all call the person a usurper, and then let's hold a corrupt vote about it. 
Yeah, yeah. It's like that scene where, uh, what is her name? Cersei Lannister. She's getting paraded through the square, and the nun oh, is shame. 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 Do you know who the, the actor who playing that nun is? I, I, I oh, did look this up. It was somebody interesting. It's yeah. Hannah Waddingham, who is like the co-lead of Ted Lasso. That's oh, right. That's yes. Right. yes. I remember. I saw an interview she did with one of the late night hosts, and she's like, for like everyone like on Game of Thrones, they're having this massive makeup and stuff like that. They told me to show up with no makeup on, and they go, perfect, and put me on the stage. What race? Well, she's such a um, she's such a kind of fabulous character, you know, in uh, in Ted Lasso, like very stylish and, and cosmopolitan. And in this one, she's like just the quintessential unadorned nun that is just shaming somebody, you know, who's being paraded through the square. And shout out Ted Lasso. Ah. Uh, I, I haven't I seen really the new story. season. I heard it's not good. Did you? Oh, guys? I disagree wholeheartedly. Okay, good. I, I, I think good. I think I think it's good. a. Li- people are being critical of it, saying like, "Oh, it's a little too emotional, a little too corny." I'm like, Ted Lasso's always been kind of emotional. No, I love that's little, what I like about. That's it. what yeah. I like about Sign it. Me up. It makes me yeah. feel good. Yeah, it's a that, show that's positive. That's like saying a Hallmark birthday card is too birthday centric. It's like know? saying a bucket full of puppies and kittens is too cute. Right. It it's, also has just, just too damn many puppies and kittens in it, you know? And so this huge to-do, this brouhaha, doesn't end with what you would call justice, based on the dictionary definition of justice. It ends with some dirty backroom deals. Whoop, stop the presses, stop the votes, put the ballot box down. Uh, stop the count. Oh, yeah. Stop the count, man. Stop we- the presses. Who's that? <laughs> it's Vicky Vale. That's who that is. <laughs> that's also that's also us saying this is part one, right? Because we know we're having so much fun with this that we I, we decided uh, check out how prepared we are now, folks. We decided before we got in the booth that we would make this a two parter. You have a booth? That's fancy. You know, I got to show you guys, like, the new place where I live, I had to line it with a bunch of shelves. So it's actually kind of a, it's a booth. In San Francisco, they call it a room. But here in okay. Atlanta, it's a booth. Okay. Yeah. I just have a basement. I wish I had a booth. Maybe one day. Your basement's maybe awesome. One day. Yeah, I love my basement, but I got no booth. But maybe <laughs> one day I'll build one. I'll build out a booth of my own. And then we'll finally be on equal playing field. Uh, But speaking of equal playing field, that wasn't a thing that existed in uh, politics uh, of yesteryear. (laughs) There was no No. such thing. The decks and the ballot boxes and all of the things were stacked, stuffed, loaded. Um, We're going to get right back into talking about a particularly corrupt uh, episode in American politics that took place in a place you might not have thought would be guilty of such things. Colorado. They're cool in Colorado, right? They smoke all the weed. Why are they beefing in the streets and beating up striking miners? Yeah, and we can't wait uh, for you to tune in with us this Thursday when we have part two coming out. Thanks to Super Producer Max, the Governor Williams. Thanks to uh, Jonathan Strickland, a.k.a. the Quister, and uh, who else, Noel? Who else? Who else? Oh, Alex Williams, who composed this banging ditty. Uh, Max Williams, who did the incredible research for this two-parter, intentional two-parter. Uh, and you, Ben, um, for being such an above-the-board guy, you know, when it comes to your politics and, and just not fixing elections or generally being a shady character. Hey, back at you. You know, we work we work really hard on ridiculous history not to fix elections anymore. 
we'll see you next time folks for more podcasts from iHeartRadio visit the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80 live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.